Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week we bring in the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. And today we're talking about applying your journalistic skill set into content marketing and commercial writing. It's these areas of writing for digital, as it often goes by, which sometimes feels like the dark side of journalism and would be selling our soul to even consider it. But in the wake of the redundancies and furloughed staff that we saw last year throughout the coronavirus pandemic, it's perhaps worth thinking, what other work is available to me with the skill set I already possess, even if it's just temporary? And that's the question we tackle today with Sudakshina Bhattacharji, or Kina for short. And she's a qualified journalist turned commercial writer of some 18 years. She talks to me about her journey and demystifies exactly what the content marketing trade is all about. We dive into the transferable and highly sought after skills in her line of work. Many of these will sound familiar, carving out a compelling story, a strong ability to network and establishing ethical boundaries. We'll discuss more of those important similarities and differences and what journalists need to know in order to break in and find work in content marketing. That's all to come, but first, this. As well as great editorial content, journalism.co.uk provides a jobs board with the latest opportunities from around the media industry. Our job of the week is an entertainment writer position at GRV Media. For this position and all the rest on our jobs board, head over to www.journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs. Kina, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. What's the working situation like for you at the moment? Thank you, Jacob. I'm glad to be here. So I'm currently, uh, I'm a content marketer and I've been self-employed since September um, of last year. I'm working from home, working with a couple of clients, B2B clients, mainly in the IT sector and engineering metrology sectors at the moment. So I'm doing a lot of technical writing for these companies. Um, and it's been interesting and very busy. <laughs> yeah, busy is the optimum word it feels like at the moment. Oh, right? yes. <laughs> how, has, how has work been throughout COVID? Work has been all right, actually, for me personally. Um, I was working till May uh, in a, as a content marketer uh, for an IT firm in Reading. And then I was made furloughed uh, as of May until August and then got made redundant in September. But then I thought, no, this was, um, I saw the way the market's going. I thought that projects were more available as opposed to long-term jobs or contracts. And I thought, and we were all working from home because, you know, we've been in, in and out of lockdown for so long. So it's been like, okay, no, I could, I can get used to working from home. I don't mind. I don't have to, I'm not too fussed for having a fixed term job. Um, I could make my brave it, go self-employed start my own business and take me now. I had some clients already come contacts who in the industry anyway, who were happy to hire me, which helped. They took, I, I spread the word on LinkedIn and they were like, yeah, 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 let's do it. Let's hire you. Let's get on. And then I've been busy since really. It hasn't stopped. Uh, <laughs> I've been more busy than I have been for a while. <laughs> Yeah, lots for us to lots for us to dig in as we sort of continue this conversation about the ever diversifying skill set of um, digital journalists and and people and general 
digital writers, uh, let's, sure. be, let's be honest. Um, and you're kind of an interesting uh, example here, Kina. You're a, a qualified journalist turned commercial writer for some 18 years. Tell me, what, why did you make that decision to switch? So it didn't come obvious to me. It didn't come easily and nor did it come quickly either. So I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to work for the papers and work for TV, actually. Um, when I graduated, so I graduated in new media journalism. So specifically, I'm a digital journalist. Um, and I was raring to go in, in, in for the mainstream media. But, but my university, my lecturers, my professors, they were all, they warned us all that the, the industry is changing jobs in mainstream media aren't that freely available um, and even if they are uh, the conditions aren't that great um, and they're probably not even permanent or in a long-term situation um, and digital in the meantime the internet was exploding it was expanding uh, and we were our skills our writing skills were being honed to work for websites and, and blogs and things like that um, and seo was a new thing that was right you know coming at the cusp this was back in 2005 indeed when i graduated then i I just did regular picked up day jobs. I was a careers counsellor and my local connections. I worked in a bank for a while and things. And in the meantime, I was freelancing on the side, writing for certain websites, writing articles here and there, not really picking up on anything like full-time journalism. Then I decided, well, I want to do something with this because I'm really passionate about media and I love writing and things. I started teaching it. So I taught journalism in a couple of colleges for like seven years. Most of my students have now gone into, they work in mainstream media, but in the creative side, the more technical side of things. Very, and some of them have gone on to become content marketers and following my footsteps. Instead of writing for the media and for the public at large, you're basically writing for businesses and their specific target audiences. But you do have your similar skill set. And I started doing that from like 2013. Uh, I went into content marketing full time because I saw that there were good perks, pay was good, um, and I get to use my skill set um, to do what I wanted to do and, and also create um, nice things like blogs and videos and podcasts and things. Do all those things, but it's just for a commercial twist. It's not for the public interest. Um, okay, so let's... What I really want you to do for me, Kina, is blow open this term content marketing and really demystify what it means. Okay. Um, where, 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 where can we start? So content marketing is a recent phenomenon. It's a recent, it's a discipline and, and it's branched out from digital marketing per se. It's similar to news making in a lot of ways. It's just that the purpose is different. So in news, when we're constructing, both are constructs. So when we're constructing, creating a piece of content or creating a piece of news, we are constructing something. We are telling a story and we are trying to sell this story to people. The way it differs is with news, we're trying to tell a story to make people aware of some incident, some, something that's factual, that's really happened. And it's in the public interest for them to know what the news piece is about. But in a piece of content, what we're doing is we are informing people and not it, this, can, this is not people at large, but a particular audience. But we're trying to tell them that, look, you have a problem. Here's a product or a solution or a service that can meet that problem, that can solve that problem for you. And why don't you try it out? Why don't you consider it? 
you know, and we're not forcing them to buy the product. We're not being salesy at all. We're just telling them, consider the idea, we're addressing problems, pain points, what, you know, what we call marketing terms, pain points. And then they can, oh, this is interesting. Then they are hooked. Then they want to know more about it. Maybe a video, maybe an infographic, maybe another blog post, you know, or maybe a white paper. People don't want to be advertised at. They want a story. They want to be roped in. They want to be engaged. And when you do that, you've engaged them. You've got their interest. When you've got their interest, you can then you say, okay, you're not interested in the product. Why don't you consider talking to my colleagues in sales? And they will then take you through. And then you pass it to the sales team. Or you take it on yourself if you think that you can sell it. It depends on the product, really, and the service. But um, the angle in content marketing is purely commercial. Yeah. That's something that you've got to bear in mind. Yeah. Can you give me an example based on your work? I once worked um, for a pest control company a couple of years ago and uh, where we, we used to sell products for biz to businesses directly and we sell products and services to customers, to the members of the public. If you suddenly see a rat in your house or a mouse in your house and you're scared, you're worried, you know, you go onto the internet, you quickly Google, I've seen a mouse in the kitchen, what do I do? You know, and then if you have a blog post or a page that comes up and saying, seen a mouse in your kitchen, you're scared. Here are the telltale signs of how to spot if you've got infestation or not. You're just informing them that we've, you have a problem. We know about that problem. We can help you. So then the customer or potential lead, they, they click on that link. They look at all the signs. They check in their house for other signs of infestation. And then they say, yes, this actually, this is true. This is what I see. Oh, my God, what am I going to do now? And then like, oh, consider this, you know, we have this product, that product, this trap, that trap, this bait, you know, we have these, you can get them from your local Tesco, your local Wilco's or whatever, you know, and check this out, or you can order from us directly, call us here, if you want further help, chat to us on live, if you need to tweet us, Facebook us, you know, we, we're available, we're here to help you out, and ultimately a sale is made at some point. Whereas if this is a news story, there would be massive infestation in Hounslow. There's a massive rat infestation and, you know, so X company comes in and saves the day. There's no selling there, but it's a story. Got it. I suspect for the person listening to this episode might be thinking, well, why should I care? Why should I need to consider diversifying my skill set right now? And I guess one thing that I've taken inspiration from recently was... Um, a workshop at our last uh, digital journalism conference, News Rewired, where we basically put the question, what could we be doing if we weren't doing what we're doing right now, journalism? And COVID has kind of exposed this kind of fragile economic landscape we're in. You know, what would be your case to say, why should journalists consider something like content marketing to diversify their skill set? Well, you should consider it um, if you want more money, <laughs> which we all do. <laughs> we'll come back to that. <laughs> I'm just going to nail it on the head. <laughs> if you want more money, and if you're if you're thinking, you're, if you're just not satisfied with your career at the moment, or where journalism is going at the moment, and you have this skill set where, you know, um, you you can write, you can tell a story, you know, um, you you can sense a story, or you can sense ideas, you can you can engage with audiences you've got your own kind of audience base you know how 
um, media psychology works, you know how audiences work, you know how your readers work, you want to use all of that, you want to employ that, you don't want that sitting there. Um, and while I'm not saying that this has to be a permanent transition or anything like that, for me it has been. I've written news articles and freelance off by chance in magazines as well. I'd gladly go back and do that. You know, I mean, I actually want to be a TV presenter. That's my childhood dream. If anyone wants to give me an offer, I'd gladly go and do it. You know, I mean, I would happily do that, honestly. Um, but I mean, it's 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 about putting your skill set to use, all the work that you've done at uni and the NCTJ courses and everything, you want to put that to use and you want to get something from it. And in the meantime, given COVID and given the situation we're in, we don't know how long we're going to be in the situation currently. This is about moving sideways. So you're, you're not ditching your journalistic core. You are using some of the skills to and you're putting it to work you're in you know to get some return on investment that you have made in your early part of your career so you can use your sense your your writing talent your creativity your sense of telling stories your sense of not you know of understanding people's problems and connecting with that and engaging with audiences this could be by social this could be by a blog this could be through a brand you know um, and you, you, the only thing is you're not working for a media outlet you'd be working for a business or a brand I mean there, I can know there's an ethical dilemma some journalists will have I had that in the beginning like, oh do I really want to be promoted be a mouthpiece for a brand um no, you don't want to be that. And they won't even ask you to be that. If they're a good business, they want, they want to put your talents to use. And so that's something that you should look for when you're looking for a job in content marketing, that you're not selling your soul. Have you personally put up any fences, like any boundaries that you would not cross? Oh, yes, very much so. So when I look for jobs, when I look at projects and clients, I mean, I have, you know, been people, there, are, there will be people out there or brands out there who who want to dictate every single thing. And they are very well within their rights to do so, but it's up to your choice whether you want to do that or not. If I find myself uncomfortable, I've just left. You know, I said, no, I don't want to do this. But in the interview stage, I kind of suss this out, whether what is it that they're looking for? Do they, are they looking for me to be creative and create some nice pieces of marketing for them? Or are they looking me to sell? I'm not a salesperson, I'm a journalist. So I, you have to do the interview stage. That's when it's very important to suss these things, to, de to detect these things. And they will, it will be obvious. They, they, the businesses will say, we're looking for someone who we have these projects going on. We're looking for your input. Can you create something for me here? Can you create a nice script? Or can you create some nice you know, blog posts? Or can you create an, you know, we'll, we'll have a series of white papers coming out and we need looking for a good wordsmith. That's fine. That's where you can enter yourself into it and you can say, okay, yeah, that's fine. I will do this for you and that's okay. And you understand what the, the work is. If they're asking you, we're looking for someone to work closely with the sales team, maybe you might actually have to go with them, um, in, go with the sales team and you know, go to conferences and things. If you're interested in that, do it. But if you think that's not your thing, don't. Yeah. So we've, we've spoken a lot about kind of the skills that are really in demand and the transferable skills. Um, for someone listening to this, maybe thinking, well, this just sounds a lot like PR. This, as many people would put it, going to the dark side of journalism. Mm -hmm. How would you respond? I don't think it's PR at all. I mean, PR is a different in sector in itself. Uh, content marketing is not PR. PR is a part of it. 
you, you, but we, in my experience, I've usually hired agencies, I've hired other people to do the PR for me. I've actually had to brief PR agencies that look, this is what a brand wants to say. This is what the brand does not want to say, because most brands are ethical. Most brands have, you know, good business people and good people behind it. And they're very specific about what they want to be communicated and what they don't want to come across as. So when we're briefing PR agencies to set and press releases, usually I've written them. <laughs> <laughs> and you know so that I know what the brand wants and then I've said to the PR person now go and do your thing and distribute it um, but, but be very careful that we say the brand does not come across as XYZ only comes across as ABC because that's what I've been told uh, to do. Content marketing is um, uh, much more broader than just PR. Content marketing covers um, is basically content creation using creativity to engage audiences it's not about dark journalism it's not some people call it brand journalism i uh, brand journalism is basically oh yeah you know you're seeing positives about the brand the brand can do no wrong and that's not right in my view that's not what content marketing is how how typically does a commission come about or a piece or a project before covid the market was you'd hire you just look at for you as you would do a regular job you'd go on to all the job boards or linkedin and things like that um agencies recruitment agencies uh, marketing recruitment agencies um will pick up your cv if they find a match they call you and then you know you you what happens is uh you have a, a telephone interview with the, the business then they want they you normally want to do what we call a copy test they want to test your writing out so they would ask you to write something for them. Uh, uh, and I, I would do that uh, because it's a for two reasons. One is that you want to see whether you're, you can actually write about this subject. Are you comfortable with it? And also you understand what is it exactly that the business is looking for from you. It, they are looking for a wordsmith, but they're also looking for someone who understands what it is, what kind of customer problems they're trying to meet businesses after do you understand their customer base do you understand their audience can you actually work for them if you pass that then you'll be called for a second interview raise a more detailed interview with probably with the wider team and potential possible colleagues you'd be working with because then they'll then want to see okay now that you can do the job are you a cultural fit in the company culture in the business culture can we are you going to be a problem maker are you, are you going to be someone who you're a team player and he gets on with everyone? Um, uh, and then they want to get to know you as a person and you get a chance to, that's when you get a chance to ask your questions and interview them. If all goes well, you get the job, you get a contract, you sign a dotted line and then you start. And for a fixed term or? Yeah, usually for a fixed term, usually. So the jobs I've done previously were permanent jobs. Yep. They're permanent contracts and they go on until when, you know, either you've, if you find something else, you move on or if they make you redundant, they do just as a typical job would be. Um, and the, um, you know, the hours always will be stipulated in the contract. You know, usually they would be nine to five, nine to six, whatever it is. If you are, if you have to do overtime, they will tell you. But all of that would be in the contract and do obviously read the contract and they would probably ask you to um, sign um, a non-disclosure agreement uh, you know that you're bound by data data protection act and you, you know you won't um, when leaving the job you won't go with a competitor business for the next six months so that would be something that's in there usually written into the contract you, you see a lot of that in journalism to be fair as well yeah though. Yeah, so all that kind of thing. Um, it's not that it's actually not that dissimilar to journalism, the way mm. the journalism jobs. Yeah, that's what I'm starting to pick up on, really. It is. Um, 
you dangled one thing in front of me earlier on, which is kind of the the money question. Yes. Uh, what are the rea- what are the realities of working in the sector in terms of hours, work life balance, and of course salary? It's like working in a, in a in a marketing job in a standard a uh, corporate job um it the job i mean i've worked in uh comfortable hours they're usually 95 30 and um, salary is monthly um you know uh, you have perks as well like pensions and you know maternity leave pay paternity pay you know um things like um another health medical insurance and all those sorts of things usually come in that that's come in a standard corporate contract if you're in a smaller business we have worked with smaller businesses as well and i'm currently working with smaller businesses and um Again, they, they will give you a contract. They would tell you uh, what perks you, you're eligible for and when you'll be eligible for it. Um, salary payment would be, you know, a monthly basis. Um, so the working conditions are very favorable, actually, quite cushy. That's one of the reasons why I haven't gone back to journalism. <laughs> to I honest. can tell. <laughs> like an entry-level job, what might be a reasonable salary expectation? Uh, that could be anything from I think 22k a year to 23k, 25k. I'd say it depends on your writing talent. Depends on and it, if the business likes you, they will pay you more. Yeah. If they like your work, they'll pay you more. Yeah. And then as you sort of grow with prestige and reputation, what's is the sky the limit or? You yeah. I mean, usually what happens is um, with, with corporate companies, they have a bonus scheme in place. They have a yearly increment scheme. You would have a yearly target set you, that you have to meet. You have to create X amount of pieces of content or they ha- and have to perform in a certain way. And then you will receive a bonus. You will receive a salary increment the following year, following financial year. Um, so that that's how it would work. Um, and then when you get to a point when you're, I mean, I only went self-employed recently after so many years. Is, then I can just go, I can just claim a bigger salary, a bigger fee for my work because on the basis of all my experience, I can claim that. Um, but I mean, while you're working the way up the ladder, yes, if you're working, if you put, if you meet the targets, it will go up. The bosses will pay you because they want to keep you happy. Yeah. And this might sound yeah. like a strange question, but what does success look like in content marketing? What metrics really matter? To, to indicate whether you're successful uh, the metrics that matter is your content needs to perform and when it by meet by performing uh, you need to have gathered leads you know you'd have to gather enough uh, people who have engaged with your content so they have they would have visited your the pages they would have clicked on some buttons they would have um, contacted tried to make contact either by social media or through the buttons themselves on the website and fill in a contact form and then they would have con- approached a sales team or customer service team your remit is usually you're not there to get sales you're there to help get sales you just want to get them through the door right just want to get them through the door yeah you know and down the funnel yeah so you want that to happen so that's that's where your job is so when if, it, if it's your particular content that's done it you've written a blog piece or you've created a video which people have you know fallen in love with us so to speak they're engaged with it and it's, oh yeah oh i want i really want to know more or i want to buy this great that's that's the basis that's the metric that you'd be judged on in terms of like the the infrastructure and and who are the contacts that uh you need to make who makes decisions uh where do you really need to sort of uh concentrate on making those contacts in order to break in 
So to break in, um, LinkedIn is a massive source. It's really good, LinkedIn. You know, we should really use social media to our advantage, really embrace it because there are like-minded community groups now and there are content marketing groups, there are content marketing forums, there are more platforms available as well. Just write to them and send them a message. They're usually quite approachable um, because this particular discipline is really new and while it's really popular and it's growing globally, like in the States, it's massive. In Asian countries, it's massive. In Britain and Europe, we're still growing. We're still quite new. So we're, we're evolving the sector as we are working in it. So it's quite an exciting thing to be a part of, which is why I'm still in it, because I'm mean, like to think that, you know, I'm kind of taking the sector forward, the discipline forward as I'm still working, because we're learning the ropes as we are developing it if that makes sense so you know when you're applying for jobs look at the job boards and type in content marketing jobs uk content writer jobs uk start as a content writer and then you will see that there'll be like-minded content writers content marketers copywriters marketing heads you know graphic designers if your work is good if you start posting your work there if you start just talk joining in the discussions and adding your two pence worth or six pence worth people will network work with you they will be oh that's an interesting point you said oh let's take this up further or how you know and then you can network that way and with journalists we're good at that we're good at networking with people so it's about putting those skills to use and that's worked well for you has it oh yes it has very much so i mean i mean i've networked my way through it all as a good journalist would do you keep good relations with everyone you meet you ensure you know you've got your little black book you know as it were which is now in our phones <laughs> but um we <laughs> it's all digital now isn't it yeah. um, but um we we keep good relations with everyone we've worked with and so that whenever we need someone we know oh i actually know this person and so and so i used to work with him or her and let me just go and ask them and then you know and then about this and this and they can help so it's about completely having that mindset about networking and um and it's really appreciated in the, in the world of digital marketing networking is huge absolutely huge um and there's no excuse not to know it thanks to social media and the fact we're all inside absolutely we're all inside <laughs> we're all stuck indoors we haven't got nothing better to do <laughs> apart from work weekends are like oh what we're we doing nothing um so you might as well use that time <laughs> to network with people and just take part in the forums in the discussions and because they are really quite interesting and um and 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 they're all welcoming you know and no one's stopping you from you know adding a comment on a forum on a topic that you found interesting somewhere Kena, my last question for you is kind of uh, a bit of a summary one but what would you say is the main thing journalists don't realize about content marketing which they ought to well two things i think they i think they kind of struggle with the commercial angle of it selling my skills to a business so do i really want to be writing representing a business um and that's something that's personal to you i mean for me i would say that there's nothing wrong in it i mean news it's the news industry itself is a business I mean, newspapers and TV channels, they don't run on their own. They need ad, ad revenue. And we are kind of, you know, we have to keep advertisers happy. So we are actually in business of news. And so this is just a business of content. The only, the kind of what you need to kind of understand is that content, um, the, the, the premise is quite clear. It's very transparent that, um, yes, you are in it. For a commercial purpose you are in it to make money whereas with news that's not 
quite the case. We know that there's ad revenue and things that we need to do, but we are making news for the purpose of informing the public and keeping them aware. Whereas with content marketing, we are actually trying to help with sales of a product or service. That is the clear difference. And that's something that you have to understand. And if you can make peace with it, then you can actually put your, your journalism skills to good use and, you know, and improve your lives a bit. Yeah. And we, we, just because it comes to mind, we've spoken a lot today about writing for digital. Uh, what would be kind of your best closing tip on, on writing for digital? Think of the, the computer screen, but think of mobile as well, because most people now we use mobile to consume most of our content. So when you're writing, think about how will this look, think of the look and feel of the writing. Uh, how will this read um, as a person scrolls down through their phone or to a laptop or an iPad or something like that? So um, single paragraphs, um, uh, clear writing, but make sure the writing, um, obviously there has to be the hook, you know, make sure it's got the right tone of voice, balance of conversational with the formal, um, where you need to, sometimes so when you're writing techni with technical uh, products, so when you write for science and tech companies, you would need to use jargon and you need to be comfortable with that because the audience expects jargon. Hmm. Well, that's, that's quite a bit different. We're not taught, we're taught the opposite in journalism to avoid, uh, to avoid presumed knowledge. Yes, exactly. We avoid jargon because our audiences, we have to think for anything, we have to think that they're an eight-year-old and we have to write with that in mind but in some in some cases you'll find in content marketing especially when you're working for you know pharmaceutical companies or tech tech companies they and their audience is geeky you know so they would expect that you would write you know <laughs> you'd you would know the terminology you would know what this means and i've been caught to you don't know what this means kina come on you know, we have to we have to use this, you know, that's what our audience wants. And oh, of course, of course, yes. So, you know, you have to kind of then cater for that. So it's, it, that's the challenge which you have to take. And I'm like, oh, but I'm really not sure. Should we use jargon? You know, they might not understand. They'll miss the point. No, we want to be simple. Not necessarily. That might not be the case. Always have a Google search tab open then. <laughs> oh, yes. Always. I always do. I always do. <laughs> Kina, this has been great. Lots of great advice today. Thank you so much for your time and insights and thanks for jumping on the podcast. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for having me today on your podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Great to talk to Kina there and a few things to go away and think about. Content marketing specifically and commercial writing in a broader sense is not going to be for everyone. If you are really thinking about future-proofing your career or diversifying your income as a journalist, there are enough similarities there to make the switch. But the main point here is establish ethical boundaries that you will not cross, use the interview process to suss out what they expect from you, and just see where that takes you. If you like what you heard today, you can find more of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. If you'd like to feature on the show, drop me an email on jacob at journalism.co.uk. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.